welcome, 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 welcome to the Rabbit's Den. I'm your host, Rabbit. And I'm your co-host, Bunny. Wel- welcome to the Rabbit's Den. Welcome to the Rabbit's Den. I'm your host, Rabbit. And I'm your co-host, Bunny. Wel- welcome to the Rabbit's Den. The Rabbit's, the rabbit's Den. den. Welcome back to the Rabbit's Den Podcast. I'm your host, Rabbit. And I'm your co-host, Bunny. And you can find information on us at our website, rabbitsdenpod.com. That's rabbitsdenpod.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Rabbit's Den Podcast. And if you'd like to show your love and support, you can also visit our websites to buy merch, which is srabbit.co. That's srabbit.co. And bbgrl.co. That's bbgrl.co. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about mental illness and uh, how faith and, you know, other things can possibly tie into it. So... I think we're going to go ahead and get started. Yeah, let's get into this. Okay, so starting off, I'd like to talk about, you know, the way mental illness has become rampant nowadays. Absolutely. It really has. I think part of that, too, is the lack of mental health care. Well, I think it's not just the lack of mental health care. I think it might be the lack of faith. There could be truth in that, yeah. Well, I mean, I look at it this way as, you know, secularism... I, I guess that I, I might be making up a word there, but as more people are becoming secular, it seems like more and more people are becoming mentally unstable. I'm not sure if I follow. So as more people, you know, they say that they're either atheist or nihilist, you know, the more and more that you have these people coming out as atheist and nihilist, it seems like more and more you have people that are mentally ill, mentally unstable out in our streets. Okay, okay, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I can kind of see that. I think, mm, I don't know about that. I do think a big part of it, like I said, is the fact that we really don't have a lot of mental health care anymore in the United States um, because that really, you know, that, that's that gone away. The past few years, they've stopped really putting a focus on that. Like, it's not that important, but it is. And it's also not just that, but it's the... Ooh, how do I put this? So the psychiatrists today and everything like that... A lot of them, and the way they practice what they're taught is, I just don't think. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there to you. Psychiatry has only been a thing for what, like, a little over a hundred years. Yeah, around there. Well, I mean, you've all, always had people that have gone, oh well, they've got you know some sort of issue, whether it be you know they just think they're crazy or something like that. But you've never actually had like actual mental health care until about, I would say, about a little over 120, 130 years, something like that. Right. Well, yeah. And you also have to think, though, for different periods of time, uh, mental illness. I mean, the thing is, they would label things like if someone didn't act in the norm, they thought that they might be mentally ill. And then. That... Well, beforehand, it used to be they thought they were possessed. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that too, yes, yes. You know, whether it be by a devil or, you know, the demons or whatever. But still, I mean, back then you had almost the same amount of people that we have nowadays, close to it, and yet we didn't have rampant mental health issues like we do today. Well, no, I mean, because back in those times, if if someone appeared to have a mental illness or something, we had these hospitals that they would be sent to and that's where they would go and get treatments and people would kind of just forget about them in a way i know that sounds harsh but that's what they would do they would because that was you know something they didn't really talk about and if a family member was like that then they were like okay we got to bring them to this hospital we're not gonna say word well nowadays we celebrate mental issues you know whether it's gender dysphoria or you know even schizophrenia and narcissism and stuff like that. We, I mean, we celebrate narcissism on a daily basis by, you know, celebrating all these celebrities and everything who are just, you know, completely detached from the world. Well, absolutely. And I think that's one of the dangerous things is that celebrating these, I don't think it's necessarily good uh, because you're not supposed to pushes people into believing into the delusions you're supposed to bring them back to reality a little bit you're supposed to you know <laughs> well i get it and i'm pretty sure a lot of people that are probably listening get it but at the same time you have to think as i as i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna track back more and more you have these celebrities and stuff like that who are very much against faith faith-based things and they're narcissistic a lot of them, I'm pretty sure, suffer from a lot more than that. But then you've got all these people that look up to them, so then right away they're like, oh, well, if they don't believe in a god or gods or anything like that, I'm not going to either. So then people start questioning every single thing, which I think is a big turn for a downfall in mental health. Well, right, and what's even more dangerous is when you have celebrities and you know, political figures and all this stuff, jumping on board with this, it's kind of reaffirming it for these people. And that's scary also. True, true. Um, now, we're, while we're talking about this, you know, we're talking about the fact of, you know, mental health issues. Now, I, I would like to kind of clarify what mental health issues we're kind of talking about. I'm not talking about, like, schizophrenia and stuff like that, which schizophrenia is, is you know, still pretty bad. Right. And it's a big thing nowadays, as well as it was in the past. But the things I'm talking about have to do more with, like, narcissism and other forms of psychosis uh, that deal with narcissistic behaviors and, you know, sociopathic behaviors. Right, right. Yep, absolutely, and I think it's important that we're having this discussion because, well, yes, certain behaviors with mental disorders, you you don't want to act as if they're okay, but you do want to be able to talk about mental illness and stuff because that's another thing I've noticed. A lot of people are afraid to talk about it. Well, I mean, look at me. I have, uh, I've been diagnosed as manic depressive or, you know, borderline bipolar. Right. 
And, you know, I'll, I'll tell people straight out. I mean, I even have a tattoo on my arm, which happens to be the theater faces, so some people take it as it is. But that's what it stands for. It's for, you know, my manic depression or bipolar and how my moods swing back and forth. Right. So, I mean, that's the thing. I, I'm open about my mental health issues. And I know a lot of people aren't. But at the same time, you also have people that don't have these mental health issues that right away want to jump up and be like, I have mental health issues. Congratulate me for being so strong. Yeah, which is which is awful for the people who are really suffering with these issues because it you know, makes it harder for them to want to speak up because the other people... Or saying, hey, I had this issue, I had this issue, and they don't. And Yeah, mental health issues are not something to glorify. No, not at all. I mean, they're not something to make somebody feel bad about either, but no. they're not something to glorify. I mean, it's not something to create popularity. Right. I mean, it took me a long time to understand my own mental health issues. I was finally diagnosed with depression when I was 18. I have anxiety. You know, and I'm, I'm learning and understanding those things and coming to grips with that. But going back on to what our whole conversation was started on, you know, with people nowadays, you know, I think it has to do with faith. You know, for a long time, I, I realized that I didn't honestly care about my mental health issues or anything like that until I actually found my faith. I mean, I used to declare that I was atheist because of the fact that I didn't really believe in anything. Right. And yes, I, I agree. You know, faith isn't something that you should just blindly follow. But at the same time, it's like being an atheist and actually questioning all of reality without any real evidence or anything to comfort myself. I think that's what started causing me to basically get to the point where I almost had a mental breakdown. Really? Yeah. If you don't recall, I mean, I was smoking weed constantly. Yes. And, you know, it was actually causing me to uh, more or less feel numb to the world and zone out. And, you know, I had a lot of real anger issues and everything back then. That is true. That is true. And I think the reason why I lashed out so much and I had so many issues was because of the fact that I didn't believe in anything. I was almost borderline uh, nihilist, where I just thought there was nothing, everything's shit, you know, it's all garbage and trash, and I just, I hated everything in the world. I don't know uh, how much you necessarily believed in that, because I do remember you telling me about my faith at the time that, you know... You looked up to me. You said you wish that you could have faith like I did. That you could believe like I did. And I think that's where my turnaround came from. It was the fact that I actually did look up to other people that had faith. People that actually had beliefs. Because for the longest time, I, I had nothing, babe. And, you know, it just it, it ruined me in many ways. Right. Now... Now that you have found your faith, has it helped you? Yes, I, I do believe it has. 
You know, now I have something to look up to. I have something to fall back on when, you know, I feel those kinds of thoughts and feelings coming on. I can fall back and go, okay, what would my gods do? What would my gods tell me to do? How how would they, you know, push me in the right direction? Right. Absolutely, I do the same thing. But I mean, that that's, you know, I, I a time I considered myself kind of spiritual because I was looking into the universe, basically, to try and find what my path was, what my beliefs were. Absolutely. But I mean, when I was like... 12 years old something like that that's when i first started thinking you know i'm atheist you know i i'm atheist i don't believe in anything and yeah it just i think that's a big problem with why i was the way i was as a teenager well yeah and i think maybe <clears throat> part of why at 12 years old you were like wondering that was because the sad reality is as children um adults n not that they're trying to do anything wrong but they do tend to push their religion onto their children because they're taught, you know, you've got to teach them, you know, what you believe. And it's hard for kids. And especially one of the scary things about Christianity sometimes is, you know, they will say things like, if you don't read the Bible, if you don't go to church, if you don't do these things, you're going to hell. And that's horrible. See, and that that's the thing. I mean, growing up, we didn't really, <clears throat> we weren't forced faith in my house. But, you know, a lot of the kids and stuff that we knew were all, you know, that's how it was at their house. Right. And so we did stuff like Saturday school and everything, Bible studies and stuff like that, you know, when I was a young kid. Right. And everything I heard, I, I, I started to question. And I was like, how is it that, you know, not knocking your religion or your faith, but how is it one person can control everything and do everything. You know, how is it one person has done all of this and that's where it started? You know, I started questioning, you know, like one God. And then once I started questioning one God, I started looking at multiple gods, like, you know, the, the Greek faith and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> Sorry. But anyways, yeah, I started questioning everything. And then I was like, you know what? It's stupid. I'm sick of doing all this research. I'm just, I'm done. I'm atheist. I don't believe in anything. And I'm calling it quits on that. Right, right. Which I understand. I mean, for me, um, when I came to religion growing up, my mom didn't take us to church, but my dad did. We were baptized at a Lutheran church, me and my brothers. Um, and then I did Bible lessons with my grandma. So, so religion... Christianity was a very big thing in my life as a child and a teenager. Yeah, which, I mean, could be part of the reason as to why you have such a strong faith structure today. Yeah, possibly, probably, yeah, yeah. But for me, it was kind of, I don't know, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to keep digging into this too much. We're already, you know, almost 15 minutes in. I don't want to keep digging into it. We're talking about mental health more than just faith. Right. So back on to mental health. So, as I was saying, mental health and faith go, I think, kind of hand in hand. I mean, people that believe in absolutely nothing, I think they have a high... Oh, 
Sorry about that. People who believe in absolutely nothing, I think, have a higher likelihood of some form of mental health issue. Okay, but now can you kind of explain that a little bit more as to why you think if they don't believe in anything, they could potentially be mentally ill? I think as human beings, our minds are meant to be structured. And if we're not going to believe in anything, I think that kind of breaks down our mind to believe that, you know, nothing matters. So basically do whatever you want, which then creates a mental health issue along the lines of narcissism. Well, yeah, I mean, not be like not believing in anything. I think they could break a person down because when you believe, you also have hope. Exactly. And that's what I was kind of saying with atheists and nihilists and stuff. They they have no hope. They have nothing that they actually look forward to other than what they're going to do to get over on someone else half the time. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, we have a 14-year-old son, and I, I hope for him that we set an example that, you know, that he looks out there and he finds something he can believe in and have hope with. Oh, yeah, but, you know, that's the thing. We we don't force anything on him. We just hope that he can find what is his own path. Absolutely, absolutely. And, I mean, I think we're good advocates for him, and we we pay attention our aware with him, you know, well, his wh mental health. Why don't, why don't we ask him a question real quick? Okay, yeah, that's fine. You want to join in, little rabbit? Yep. I'm fine. Okay, so <clears throat> what... What do you think is your kind of faith? I honestly have faith in the Norse gods. So you're kind of following your dad's uh, path and going Norse pagan. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, that's that's acceptable. But what is it about your mom's faith that, you know, you, you don't find appealing? Well, the thing I don't find appealing about my mom's faith is is that, you know, the whole church thing. Well, your mom's faith doesn't just involve church, bud. And also the baptizing thing. It's not all about baptism, either. Like, I think you need to dig a little bit deeper into your own faith, bud. <laughs> And figure out exactly where you stand. Yeah. You're right. See, that's the thing, bud. Your mom and I, we don't we don't want to push either faith on you. If you want to be a Buddhist, be a Buddhist. All I'm saying is be careful with, you know, how you look at life, how you take your approach at life. Because like I was saying with your mom a second ago, I think that it has a strong correlation to mental health. Right. Because as human beings, our, our minds, you know, we, we crave structure. We crave something to fall back on to help us with our beliefs and everything like that. <laughs> it's also about moral guidance. Because I notice a lot of people that, you know, don't have any kind of faith. The atheists and nihilists and all that. They... They don't have a very strong moral code. Wouldn't you agree, Bunny? Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. They don't. Uh, it seems to me like, and I'm not, um, 
you know, trying to be mean to anybody, but those that don't have a faith, that don't follow that. Don't get me wrong. Some people that have faith, some people that yeah. claim that they're a Christian or whatever, also don't have a very good moral code. Right. Thank you for cutting me off, honey. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. I'm a misogynist. What do you expect? Yeah, okay. Chill. <laughs> um, but... But I think that, yeah, they, they tend to have a lot of issues. They tend to get in trouble sometimes because I think, like I said before, lacking faith means you lack hope. Because faith helps give you hope. And you need hope. And, and to be truthful, if we can admit to ourselves, hope is good. You know, um, you know, trying to be more positive is good. Like, you want to have hope. You want to believe there's good. You want to believe in the good. I have hope. That things are going to be good. Which I, I can understand that. I think it's also good for faith and everything. Because of the fact that you know. To have faith at least. For a way to have something to look at. For moral guidance. Because we constantly need moral guidance. Absolutely. Some people. You know they've listened to all the stories. You know from the Bible. Or from the Norse gods and everything. And they you know. Then they don't listen to it anymore, and they go through life, and that moral guidance that they originally had when they were children kind of fades. Right. It's just like any other memory or any other thought, you know, it fades over time. Which I think part of that is, um, as you get old, when you get older, and you become an adult and you walk into the world, real world, you know, as you deal with things, the world kind of breaks you. My, my dad used to say that sentiment, the world kind of breaks you. And it does because, you, you know, once you're an adult and you walk to the world and you see, you know, real life, it can be scary and it too. Okay, now to the part of the show that I was kind of hinting at in the beginning. Conspiracy theory time. Uh-oh. So I have a conspiracy theory that I've, kind of come up with on my own. I don't know if this is actually something that other people think about. Okay. But what if it's all the programming that the government and, you know, the the Illuminati or whatever, you know, the, the you know, elites uh -huh. throughout the world, all the programming that they've been doing to our brains throughout the years, what if that's coming back on us and that's what's creating mental health issues? All right, you're uh, freaking me out a bit. But I'm just saying, listen to me. Now, what if it's they're actually doing this on purpose? What if they're actually breaking our brains down and creating these mental health issues so that it will be easier to take over? I mean, I can't say necessarily that that's really far-fetched. I mean, because we know the government would try anything. I know. They're all about control and trying to keep everybody in line. And that's just, you know, I love conspiracy theories, and this is the kind of stuff that goes through my head. I know, honey. I mean, I'm not necessarily sure how I feel about conspiracy theories, but I'll listen. Maybe it's the reptilians. What the hell is a reptilian? <laughs> so anyways, the reptilians are aliens. Well, not really aliens. I mean, it depends on who, what uh, source you go through. But okay. the reptilians are basically shape-shifting hybrids that uh, live in the earth and they're taking over our government and, you know, popular people and our media and our government. 
are actually reptilian shapeshifters. Right. I think you've told me about this one before. Yeah, yeah. I have. I have. We'll dig into that at a different time. I'm just yeah. I'm not I'm not going to get too in depth on that one. But yeah, I'm saying what what if, you know, mental health issues and the mental health crisis that we're having nowadays is because of the government is because of the elites and the world trying to take over. Well, I would say that that's highly possible. I mean, look with all this with COVID and stuff and people on lockdown and, you know, depression and all that has gone up. I know. And I've actually looked at some of the, the theories and stuff about COVID, especially. You know, like uh, people think that it's all been staged, that it was all planned out because you have like Fauci talking about COVID especially specifically covid and they've also said in some of the ads and stuff that they've been working on a vaccine for 10 years yet covid's only two years old yeah well, that, a year and a half <laughs> yeah that is a little strange i mean i heard that too i heard that too and i don't know i think it's you know with dr fauci you know okay yeah, he's got doctor in his name but i think it's a little strange that he has flip-flopped so much first it was don't you know masks don't really help you and protect you oh now you need to wear a mask and now you need to wear two masks it's, it's well i'm not exactly sure what fauci is a doctor of now i'm i think it's pharmacology okay so he's not an actual doctor of viruses he's a doctor of uh pills basically then why would we be listening to someone who's a doctor of pills he's a pill pusher <sighs> That's what I think. I think he's a pill pusher. Okay. And that's basically what it is. It's all about how he can make money. How he can make money? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he probably has a high stake in all these vaccines that they're coming out with. Maybe. That's what a few people have said. That maybe he has, you know, his hand in someone's pocket. Well, I think it's everyone has their hands in his pocket because he's the one that's probably going to be raking in millions off of this. That's true. But back to mental health, I do think that, like I said, with this COVID and stuff, it, it has caused a lot of those issues. And it's rather sad because people have tried to talk to their governments about it in their states and everything else. And it's like the governments are like, meh. Well, I think another big part of the reason why mental health has been so extensive nowadays is because of social media. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think we need to stop using like Facebook and Twitter and all that so much. And we need to actually get together as people and, you know, have conversations again instead of Facebooking people. Well, yeah, I think people spend too much time on phones and electronics and computers. They need to step away and spend time with their family. They need to make real life connections. And I absolutely agree with that. See, and that's one thing I like about, you know, like your your religion, your faith, you know, like Christianity and all that is that, you know, they do get together on Sundays and Wednesdays and all that for church. Correct. And then a lot of people will stay after church and they'll talk and they'll, you know, that's that's it. We need to have gatherings. I absolutely agree. Gatherings, you know, to be social and stuff. And I'm not talking about social media. I'm talking about off social media. Let's be social in the real world, people. We got to look away from those screens and stuff because we're forgetting a part of ourselves. Likes and comments aren't enough. 
You need to actually have physical connections with people. You need to be able to shake a hand. You need to be able to have uh, you know, a good hug every now and then. Absolutely. Now, we're not medical professionals. We're not like psychologists or anything. No. Though we have read up on a lot of it. Yes. But simply put, you know, that's that's where we're lacking right now is we don't have enough time with people. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Looking at a screen 24-7 is unhealthy. It absolutely is. And I've noticed, you know, some get-togethers, you know, that we've gone to and people end up on their phones and everybody's just sitting around all looking at a phone screen. Where's the communication with each other? The talking, the laughing, the telling jokes. Yeah. The... How many arguments have we had over your uh, Facebook usage uh, when we were, you know, we first got together? Let's not bring that into this. <clears throat> but I'm saying, we used to argue about it all the time because I was always, you know, you were constantly on Facebook and everything. And I, I told you, I was like, it's becoming like an obsession. And you were constantly on video games. We're not going to argue right now. No, I'm just making a point. You're both constantly on electronics. That is true. Yes. And that's the thing. I mean, people use these electronics to try and escape the world, but that's the thing. You can't escape the world. You're part of the world. Correct. So put down the electronics every now and then. Go camping, you know. Go out and have a picnic or something with your family and friends. You know, meet somebody. Say hello to somebody at your local grocery store, you know. Shop local. Yep, I agree. Shop local. We need to revitalize these businesses that have been just decimated because of this whole COVID economic crisis. Okay, I'm sorry, but we've been going off topic a lot, I've noticed, in this podcast today. It's our podcast. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but people are going to not be able to follow us. They're going to be like, wait. Well, I mean, it's, it, it all it all ties into mental health. I mean, uh, as we've stated, you know, we need to get off Facebook and all that more often and actually have physical connections because I'm pretty sure a lot of the mental health issues is because of social media. Well, right. Absolutely. Hey, little rabbit. Is there anything you want to say or add to this conversation? Maybe to the teenage crowd? Well... Honestly, I kind of agree with the whole being on electronics a lot less thing. So you've been hanging out with your friends a lot more outside since dad pushed you to do so. Yeah. Do you think that that's having a little bit of a, a effect on your attitude and your moods lately? Yeah, in a way. Because I can tell you I've noticed a difference. With you going outside and our new rules about no electronics during the week, you've been a lot better lately. You haven't had such an attitude. You're actually, you know, doing what we ask of you. Because not too long ago, you had an attitude constantly. You would never listen. You would never do what you were told. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said. I'm pretty sure we need to focus on getting out and having social interactions with our friends and family. It'll help a lot with this mental health crisis that we're having nowadays. 
Absolutely. And we understand that sometimes with mental health, you have hard days and days where you don't want to leave the house or do anything, but just try. I just urge you to kind of try to do we, that. We both suffer of those same afflictions where we have social anxiety and we have depression and all Correct. that. There are days Absolutely. where I don't want to get out of bed. There are days where I wake up crying and I just, I don't want to do it. I don't want to deal with life in general. Same here. But you have to push yourself past that, you know, face it all and take it all in and enjoy life. Absolutely. I would agree. Thank you for listening. We love you all and we'll see you next time. Yes. Thank you for listening. Love you guys. Mwah. See you next we'll, time. We'll have more conspiracy theories in the next episode. And maybe try to be a little less all over the place. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Structure's not our, our forte. Nope. We love you. Thank you. And good Thank night. Thank you. Good night.